0: This is Matt Hardy, the man who is stronger than death, and you are currently listening to Marking Out. This is Marking Out. Pro wrestling talk for pro wrestling fans. We Marking Out y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro wrestling talk for pro wrestling fans. We Marking Out y'all. Marking Out. Pro wrestling talk for pro wrestling fans. We Marking Out y'all. like this thing. It's Pro wrestling talk for pro wrestling fans. We Marking Out y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of Marking Out. That's episode 453. I am one of your hosts, the only host tonight, today, tomorrow, whenever you listen to this. I am Brandon. You can follow me on Twitter at BTTG161. Uh, you can follow Chris at ChrisSweenDawg, at Dave, Dave the Rave underscore Mo. MarkingOut.com out.com prowrestlingtees.com slash marking out facebook.com slash marking out um, instagram.com slash marking out 11 uh, it's marking out 11 on YouTube as well I am doing awesome as always just uh, chilling out back uh, enjoying a nice fire pit in the autumn air uh, this past week I went to Madison Square garden and saw Phil Collins uh instead of watching ww hell in a cell uh, i really it's really cool because uh i got to see him last october after like years of not even touring and then when he announced this i was like well who knows if i'll ever get another chance to see phil collins so i went and it was a great concert um on thursday I, i went out back and uh back here and grilled some burgers I've I've just had the feeling in me that I wanted to grill in autumn you know I don't really do that often and uh, I kind of feel like I'd like to do that more I once uh, I made a brisket one time outdoors in like the almost the winter so that was I thought it was cool So, but like right now it's kind of like it's not so hot it's not so cold Perfect grilling weather still. Um, But I did mention that there was a WWE pay-per-view taking place in Sacramento, California at the Golden One Center. We had WWE hell in a cell. I think Chris won predictions for this. Uh, This, a lot of people, hashtag cancel WWE Network, came of this pay-per-view. Um, you had uh, only four matches were announced. So five matches were added last minute, which sucks. But um, the first match, the kickoff match, was Natalia defeating Lacey Evans. Nine minutes, way too long of a match. I was just not into this match at all. The first match that kicked off the actual pay-per-view was the Hell in a Cell for the WWE Women's Championship. Becky Lynch retaining the championship over Sasha Banks. I had Sasha to win this. It's very much so unfortunate that she did not win it, but uh, I guess everything makes sense come tonight. But the, the stuff that they were doing in this match, I thought was fantastic. Fantastic. Like, they had, at one point, that that chair was set up in the corner with, like, the kendo sticks and everything. It's like, I've never seen that before, and I thought that was really cool. And uh, just the other, the ways that they were using the cage. Even before the the match started, they, they started the match, like, in and out of the cage. So that was pretty cool. Uh, Next up was another announced match. We had Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns take on and defeat Eric Rowan and Luke Harper. It was a tornado tag match. Uh, Not much to say about it. I enjoyed it. Next match was a match that was added last minute. Randy Orton defeated Ali. I... For a moment there, thought Ali was gonna be taking the victory there because uh, Randy Orton said some uh, words that he shouldn't have said on Twitch recently. But uh, Randy Orton picked up the victory. Ali counters the RKO by doing like a, a handstand, and then eventually got hit with the RKO after that. But I that was such an awesome counter. I thought this match was good. As boring as Randy Orton is in 2019, I thought this match was good. Uh, up next for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships, you had the Kabuki Warriors, Asuka and Kyrie Sane, pick up a victory and win the titles from Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Um, I, I'm I'm satisfied with the outcome of this match. I liked the match itself. I just feel like Kabuki Warriors should have been champions a while ago. Um, yeah, so up next, uh, super random match, kind of random. You had the Viking Raiders teaming up with Braun Strowman, who I thought was going to be Cedric Alexander because he was like feuding with AJ Styles, but they uh, they defeated the OC by disqualification. I this I did not like this match at all. Uh, not at all. But up next, you had Chad Gable pick up the victory over King Corbin. That was awesome. Wasn't expecting that at all, especially because it's pay-per-view. Uh, the match after that was the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship on the line. Unfortunately, Charlotte Flair is now the 10-time Women's Champion in WWE, defeating Bayley. Um, eh, that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate and rolling on with Unfortunate the Hell in a Cell for the WWE Universal Championship yet Seth Rollins I guess retained the championship because the ref ended the match ref stoppage Uh, the the lights stayed red for the whole time which by the way the cage was red a lot of people were complaining last year. I don't know if that many people complained this year, but that outcome, man, it's... I I don't get it. I just, I don't, I, I don't know how... Like, you had Seth Rollins pile weapon on top of weapon on top of weapon onto The Fiend. The Fiend was just, like, knocked out for, like... I don't know, ten minutes or so. It was so weird, and Rollins hit like nineteen curb stomps. That was completely unnecessary, but I, I didn't mind. I didn't mind the match, and fans were eating every curb stomp up. They were dying every time. One, two, kick out. People were popping their mouths off. They were loving it, and it wasn't until the goofy ass ending where. Seth Rollins takes a, a sledgehammer and that's the line that's too far not the he- not the chair, the headshot the, the he- chair to the head or whatever it was the sledgehammer to the everything the ref's like, Colby, don't do this you're better than this and Rollins hits the sledgehammer onto the fiend's face and the ref calls for the DQ or not even the DQ, ref stoppage if you were watching Watch Along, X Pac was like flabbergasted. He's like, "How does he's like? You may not want to invite me back, but how does a hell in a cell end in a disqualification?" And then everyone had to like scurry to be like, "Oh, it, it's it's not a DQ. I I don't know if it's a DQ. Ref stoppage." Which I don't. There had to have been a better way to go about this match. But that was hell in a cell. Um, Before we move on to Raw and SmackDown, I'm just going to touch on uh, some things real quick and go a little bit out of order because WWE announced Kane Velasquez versus Brock Lesnar, as well as Braun Strowman versus Tyson Fury for Crown Jewel as long as there I, I really do hope that Kane Velasquez is allowed to do the, the Lucha moves that he's been doing in AAA because I've been blown away by what Kane has been doing um, and I really hope there's some sort of Halloween trick or street fight I don't think there will be but it's going to be on Halloween why not make it festive right? I don't know if there's Halloween in uh, Saudi Arabia or not but probably not uh, and then, other than that, on Tuesday, you had the NWA debut a brand new show on YouTube, six oh five p.m. called Power with Three R's. I liked the fact that it's like I like the studio feel to it. Um, but I didn't get most of it, and I don't know if that's because I didn't grow up watching the territories and like NWA and stuff like that. But like, they don't have entrance music and uh, i think that's a huge component to pro wrestling because especially like they didn't have like video packages even to introduce these people i didn't know like you can't just expect everybody to go in there watching the 10 pounds of gold series or just know them i think they might all be from the champion the what is the championship wrestling from hollywood or something so I would have liked to have seen like a video package that focused more on the undercard rather than playing multiple video packages uh regarding Tim Storm who by the way I like the way that they build him up is as if he's a four horseman and outside of NWA I don't know who Tim Storm is like I don't know why sh- we should care about this being his last like shot at the, the title. Like they've been building Tim Storm up since like 2017 and then Aldis, Nick Aldis won the title and we were like, oh okay, that's cool, he'll be the one that like elevates the championship and then mm, didn't really happen and then Cody won the, the title, I think at All In which we were like, oh obviously Cody's going to be the one that carries it into the future. And then AEW happened or whatever, and he lost the title back to Nick Aldis. Um, and that was just it. I don't know. I don't, I, I, if, if you don't watch, I don't watch the 10 pounds of gold series. So I don't know the, the history. I don't know the, the storyline there. I don't know if they even have storyline on that, but there was a combined total of like 8 minutes for four of the five matches and then the fifth match, the main event was like 12 matches, uh 12 minutes I mean. Overall, I'm um, I I'm going to be tuning in next week. Um I think maybe they could have had a women's match on this in there somewhere. And uh that's that's about it. I think the I hope the I don't think that they will, but the cameras on some of the sides, I think, should be higher up. I felt like I was kind of, like, looking... Because the ring rope was there, I was kind of, like, blocked. But um, I'll if I remember to, I'll definitely be tuning in again. After Power, you had AEW debut their show on YouTube called AEW Dark, where they tape matches after Dynamite. And then air them on YouTube. And I don't know. The fans just seemed completely dead for this whole show. Like, I'm pretty sure I saw a fan sleeping during this. I know after Dynamite, I said this on on the Wednesday Night Wars... New uh, show you can check out, marketnot.com, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play. Cody cut a promo after this week to, like, how are you guys doing? This product is awesome. Like, to hype them up, maybe to, like, keep them, like, oh, right, we're taping. We need you guys to to have energy. We can't have a guy sleeping clearly on camera. I don't know. But uh, I'm going to take a quick break right now. I know it's uh, unconventional at, uh, like, 15 minutes, 14 minutes, but... We will be right back. I will be right back. I'm the only one here, right here on marking Out. The Shining Wizards are celebrating eight years of podcasting with a live show on Thursday night, November 21st, at the Elementary Brewing Company in Hackensack, New Jersey. There's going to be special guests, lots of laughs, plenty of great beer, and some other surprises as well. And of course, admission is free. That's Thursday night, November 21st, 7 p.m. start time, at the Elementary Brewing Company, 58 Voorhees Road, Hackensack, New Jersey. For more information, go to shiningwizards.com and please come out and join us for a celebration of wrestling talk. And talk about wrestling. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Marking Out, episode 453. Breezin' right through this, we're gonna talk about some Monday night night role. which is the last episode prior to the draft, uh, prior to the wild card rule expiring. I saw the WWE on Fox account tweet out like a candle like rest in peace kind of sort of thing Uh, which is I mean humorous kind of stupid but humorous but anywho uh, Monday Night Raw kicks off right out of the video package playing you have Baron Corbin, King Corbin and Randy Orton beating up Rusev Rusev fought them off but was cut off by Lashley in a bedroom in Rusev's robe Cheesy music starts playing. Lana's there. Uh took her top off in the in the bed with Lashley and I have no idea who thinks this is good. I like I was entertained when Val Venus was doing this, but I want like nothing to do with this storyline. Um and then afterwards you had Rusev Super pissed off. Go after Randy Orton and King Corbin. Took, took both of them out by himself. Up next was the first match of the evening. You had Natalia defeat Lacey Evans in a last woman standing match. Uh, super long match. I want this feud to end also. But I think the best part. Of this match was the fact when uh, Lacey Evans tossed Natty into the stage. Natty slid right down it because the the entrance stage is a half pipe now. I thought that was really funny. And then uh, Natty power bombed Lacey Evans off the table. Uh, I mean off the uh, off the stage through a table in order to win the match. And uh, that was that. Up next, you had Viking Raiders versus uh, Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. Not much to really say there. Uh, After that, you had Aleister Black defeating the Singh Brothers, which stems from two earlier backstage segments of Aleister Black laying out a challenge and then saying he's going to the ring. And uh, Singh Brothers challenged him, but it was over quite quickly uh obviously the but after that you saw the OC defeating the lucha house party which i was 100% expecting to be like the quickest match just like the one prior to that but uh not really the quickest match and definitely not as quick as sing brothers versus Aleister black but i was definitely not expecting uh lucha house party to get as many moves in as they did it was like a legit match where Lucha House Party could have won. So that was nice. Uh, and then the OC continued to attack after the match and took everyone out. Up next was a segment that I didn't quite understand. You had Miz TV with Becky Lynch and Charlotte. I guess you wanted to showcase your, your Raw and SmackDown women's champions. But it like it just led to Kabuki Warriors... <laughs> come out, cut a promo in Japanese, and then they all brawled. And then it led to the match, which Kabuki Warriors actually picked up the victory there. 100% was not expecting that. I enjoyed this match. Um, you had Asuka using that Poison Mist, which she used to win the, the tag team titles at Hell in a Cell. And Kyrie uh, got the pin here. And after the match, Charlotte tried to maybe rectify the situation and take out the Kabuki Warriors. But they attacked her, leading to Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, the former tag team champions, to run down, make the save, beat them up. And it was kind of weird because, like, you kind of, I feel like, I really kind of feel like Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair should have been the ones that were, like, on top after this segment. But because uh, like there's no guarantee that we're gonna go into a feud like Kabuki Warriors versus Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. So if you're showcasing your champions, why not have I don't know, why not have actual champions be over on the on at the end of the segment? Uh after that you had a showcase match. Uh Ricochet picks up the victory over Apollo Cruz. Obviously they have a great match. It's weird to see them pushing Apollo Cruz because I don't want to like jump ahead, but I'm going to. Apollo Cruz was not drafted during SmackDown. He might be drafted during Raw, but we've already had how many rounds have we already had for the draft? Four rounds. So I don't understand why push him so much if you're not gonna take him within the first four rounds. But the ending of Ross saw Tyson Fury come out demanding an apology from Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman comes out. They have some words between the two. Tyson Fury pushes Braun Strowman. They brawl. Security is stupidly outside of the ring. I would assume security should have been inside the ring to try to stop what was going to happen. So security rushes the ring Tyson Fury is throwing the worst worked punches he's hitting air I I would hope that before his match at uh Crown Jewel he's taught to like wrestle if it's going to be a wrestling match I have no idea if it's boxing or just straight up wrestling but that was not the greatest of uh of punching and uh, the, the locker room spilled out. Raw ended before the, the brawl ends. So I have no idea how this ends. I just know it was them brawling. Uh, then moving to SmackDown. I'll save the draft stuff for afterwards. But Seth Rollins was representing Monday Night Raw. Defeated Roman Reigns representing SmackDown for the first draft pick. Uh, and Rollins picked up the victory over Reigns via disqualification because The Fiend comes out through the ring drags Seth Rollins down Seth gets away The Fiend then appears the lights go out he then appears at the, the entrance ramp why did Roman Reigns not even try to help Seth Rollins there and more importantly I think this match should have been somebody two people who had no stake whatsoever in the draft because it's like, if you're if you're having this match, how how do you not have these guys go number one and number two in that case? That just makes no sense to me. But after that, you had King Corbin defeating who's now being billed as Shorty Gable, uh, Chad Gable. They officially announced it. Shorty Gable, the the nameplate said Shorty Gable, so they're definitely I guess running with that. Um, I kind of unfortunate. I think Chad Gable's super entertaining in the ring, and the fans like him. Like, why did? What's the deal with the name? I get that he's like embracing it and everything, but I I don't understand it. Up next, you had Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar come out to talk about Kane Velasquez. Rey Mysterio and Kane came out to uh, show footage of the last time Kane and Brock were in the same ring. Uh, prior to SmackDown last week, which was, of course, footage well, picture footage from UFC. So there's a cahoots for you if you believe that or not. Um, and again, I really do hope that they let Kane Velasquez wrestle the same style that we have seen him wrestle in, in Triple A because I've, I've very much so enjoyed it. And there's a lot of people who are like, oh, this is stupid. Why are we letting this happen? I, I'm here for that. The match isn't a championship match just yet. So, And apparently, Cain Velasquez signed a multi-year deal with WWE. So there goes those talks with AEW. There goes anything, I guess, involvement with AAA. So we'll see where the future leads us. Up next, you had New Day taking on and defeating the OC in a six-man tag. They had a segment with New Day before the match uh, for breast cancer. And I think they kind of needed to address Kofi Kingston losing the WWE Championship last week to Brock Lesnar in 10 seconds or 8 seconds. It definitely it uh, because they did the the segment with the the cancer survivors before the match. It should have definitely been after the match because there's no closure there. Like, how do you grow Kofi Kingston as a, a person if he's not gonna just like he's just gonna he loses the he's been chasing since what 2007. Maybe the WWE Championship since his debut or whatever, and then finally, after years of not having a title shot, builds up this long road to WrestleMania. Kofi Mania happens; he wins the championship, has a not so great championship run. Not not his fault at all, but then he loses the title to Brock Lesnar eight seconds. And then just doesn't address it? He's back on SmackDown the week after, smiling, throwing pancakes out? I don't understand. Like, how do you not... How does he not address that? Like, does WWE... I don't know if they think, like... Just giving Kofi Kingston a win over the club, the OC here... Makes him relevant still I don't understand I think the the promo was definitely something that was needed and I don't know if we'll ever get that but the main event of the evening saw Bayley picking up the victory over Charlotte Flair in a rematch from the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view and Bayley is now the new women's champion however before this happened Bailey comes out, wearing a hoodie, takes the hoodie off to reveal a short haircut, no ponytail, which commentary completely like just dismissed, which I think they should have like freaked out because it's literally been her, her hairstyle for years since her debut in, in NXT. It was like her whole like gimmick was almost the side pony. Her moveset included her pulling her hair into, like, a tighter side pony and then doing more moves, like her Hulk Up gimmick. But for some reason, they they didn't mention that at all. But she also ended up having, like, this, like, spear sort of tool, like a sharp tool, and cuts every single one of the inflatable Bailey buddies, which is, like... I'm here for it i'm all I'm pleased with what's happening here with Bailey I've been a fan of Bailey's for years now since her nXT run and I've never stopped being a fan so i'm I'm really pumped to see what's next and I'm happy i I, I don't understand why flair maybe because it was the i don't know I have no idea why flair one maybe just to get her to ten times championship reigns. that was a terrible sentence, but maybe that's why they they had her go over Bailey but outside of that, I'm happy that she's uh champion again uh I think the worst part of this was after the match was over, Bailey had brand new theme music like ready to go like super random, but it was terrible theme music. I don't know who's doing the theme. I've complained about it prior. These new themes that are popping up in WWE are just not good. With the exception, by the way, of uh, Breezango, who by who like two weeks ago or three weeks ago just had brand new theme music with like the Scott Steiner like s- police siren, and now they have construction work music. So, which I I like the song. It's interesting, but this theme song for Bailey doesn't fit her. I hope like. I, I hope there's like something better coming from that. Um, and then again, the the stupid show ended three minutes early. So I don't know if that's going to be like a thing now that it's on Fox. I I don't know. But uh, moving on to the to the draft portion of SmackDown, you had a bunch of I thought it was really corny. You had the people sitting in, like, the Fox boardroom and then the the USA Network boardroom, and they would cheer after every, after every pick was, like, made. But I don't understand why. Like, what are you celebrating? You made the picks. It wasn't like you put it into a hat and hoped to get these people. And I don't know. It was just bizarre seeing a uh, man in a robot outfit for Fox. And then there was a guy in the Raw... In the USA Network boardroom with a what looked like a Stardust face paint getup. It was probably an Ultimate Warrior, but it definitely looked more like Stardust than Ultimate Warrior. But on to the picks, the number one draft pick for Monday Night Raw was Becky Lynch, which just kind of sucks. I was expecting her to be the face of the, the A-show, that being SmackDown. But uh, in in the other sense, the number two draft pick was Roman Reigns. Coincidentally, they're both on the cover of WWE 2K20. Uh, The next up, Raw draft pick goes to the OC. For SmackDown, they drafted Bray Wyatt. And Monday Night Raw in the first round, closing that was Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre. So it's really odd how they do these picks. Because wouldn't you, like, if you were going to... If you were actually drafting a roster, wouldn't you want everybody who's a champion on your roster? Like, I don't know, was Brock Lesnar exempt from being drafted? I, I don't understand that one, but... Round two, we saw Randy Orton moving to Monday Night Raw... Sasha Banks moving to SmackDown. Ricochet staying on Monday Night Raw. You have Braun Strowman moving to SmackDown. And Bobby Lashley is staying on Raw. I don't know. In in what world is Bobby Lashley a number 10 draft pick? How do you draft Bobby Lashley before someone like Brock Lesnar? Before someone like, um, I don't know any current champion the revival I don't understand that at all but round 3 we saw moving to Monday night raw or yeah moving to raw we had Alexa Bliss you have moving to smackdown Lacey Evans moving to Monday night raw you have Kevin Owens uh revival now officially on smackdown they're the smackdown tag team champions should have been much higher up in the list. Uh, Natalia goes at the last pick of round three to Monday Night Raw. Stays on Monday Night Raw. So thank God that, that separated Natalia and Lacey Evans. We won't see that for any time in the near future. And then round four of the draft for SmackDown. The final round. We saw Viking Raiders staying on Raw. Lucha House Party moving to SmackDown, which I thought was super weird because 205 Live tweeted, We will miss you. I thought SmackDown and 205 Live were like hand in hand. I don't know. And then the pick after that for Monday Night Raw was Nikki Cross. You have Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross teaming up on Monday Night Raw to take out the Kabuki Warriors. Why are you wasting a draft pick as them not being an official team? Like, how do you not have them together as a team already? Every other team got drafted together. You could have saved yourself a spot and had somebody else. And then the the SmackDown draft, the last SmackDown draft pick was Heavy Machinery, so they're going to be staying on SmackDown. And Monday Night Raw, the last pick for them were the Street Profits, Which um, I guess they were officially like floating in between NXT and Raw and SmackDown. But now they're officially on Raw. So I could assume we're going to get some competition out of them on uh, next week's episode. So that should be fun. Um uh, Monday night raw we have the draft part 2 everyone else who was not listed uh or who was not taken from this round I don't know who it was will be a free agent Matt Hardy wasn't even listed so he's already a free agent I don't know if they're going to end up like fighting over it for like brand supremacy like that um I don't I don't see them doing that. I don't see I don't know if they're gonna introduce Paul Heyman as like the as the like the the guy or or Eric Bischoff as the guy. And it's gonna be weird because Paul's in charge of Monday Night Raw, but Brock Lesnar's on SmackDown for right now. And I don't know if you're gonna be able to be drafted back from from Raw to SmackDown. I don't think they that's gonna be a thing. I don't know if they're gonna have like trades or whatnot. But we shall see, and I think right now, I think we could just go and say, hey, Brandon, who you shouting out? Hello there, this is Randy Newman, and you're listening to Brandon's Shoutouts, because you got some shoutouts from Brandon. Now, when do I get paid? Phil Collins' song, You'll Be In My Heart, gets the first shout-out. Unfortunately, he didn't play it this past time when I saw him, but he played it last year, and I'm really glad I was able to hear it at least once. I would have liked for the whole set list to be a little bit different and hear other songs, but uh, that didn't happen. It would have been cool. I know that's super far-fetched, but... Taylor Swift recently covered Phil Collins, so it would have been cool she was in town for SNL if uh, she came out and performed the song with Phil Collins. It was Can't Stop Loving You. He also didn't do that one. That's fine. I I enjoyed the fact that I got to see Phil Collins at least twice in my lifetime, like uh, The Rock versus John Cena. (laughs) Up next, Private Party, Uh, Mark... Quinn and Isaiah Cassidy getting the next shout out because they shine big time on Dynamite. I'm so happy they're finally getting like that worldwide recognition and uh, they're a great team. So check them out on AEW television. I hope they I said this on uh, Wednesday Night Wars. I hope they go all the way to the finals and win the titles. Last shout-out goes to Crikey, it's the Irwins. It's back for its second season on Animal Planet. If you're unfamiliar, it's Steve Irwin's family's show on Animal Planet. They follow the day-to-day happenings with the animals at Australia Zoo. And uh, it's just such a cool show, and it honestly... I I really like. I don't like like animals. I like. I don't like being around animals, but like when I'm like directly around animals, I should say. But when I'm like at like a a zoo or some place, like I said uh, on the Disney Experience podcast that we recorded, I really like going to the Animal Kingdom Lodge because you could just chill out and see some animals, and it's pretty cool. So. I, I kind of I would love to go to Australia Zoo someday. I definitely don't see that ever happening, but it would be a cool trip. And uh, just check it out on Animal Planet every week. And uh, those are my shout outs. So check everything out, listen to everything. Now it is time for my. Mark out moment of the week That is right my mark out moment of the week 2K uh, finished revealing the roster for WWE 2K20 which we have a bunch of new superstars um, that the ones that weren't already announced we have like Tommaso Ciampa Nikki Cross, The Brian Kendrick and uh, Mark Henry they all make their returns to the game Uh, Zelina Vega is now playable Uh, last year she was just a manager you could use a created slot to uh, take up a spot for her and then play as her but it wasn't like you were actually using her Um, but yeah so that's awesome and then you have some new additions you have Jackson Riker who made the cut but for some reason Steve Cutler and Wesley Blake didn't I was very much so looking forward to teaming up uh, Wesley Blake and Buddy Murphy again to to get that team. But for some reason, they just didn't make the cut. I don't understand that at all. But you also have Io Shirai making her debut. Uh, Molly Holly returning to a game for the first time since 2004, even though it doesn't quite look like her. You also have Matt Riddle. In his New York Yankees gear, so that's pretty cool, you have Keith Lee, Mark Andrews, Mia Yim, Rhea Ripley, Trent Seven, and X-Pac, who returns, who's, uh, I guess, a big part of the, the my career this year, which is weird. But um, the roster is, itself, it's kind of disappointing because we lost a lot of people who I guess should still be in the game um, I was very surprised that Shane Thorne made the cut given that like I mean TM61 broke up and uh, and he wasn't really being used but I'm that's see it's cool that he's in it still but somebody like Alice not Alistair black uh, Alexander Wolf and Killian Dane how they didn't make the cut makes no sense to me and then but like Luke Harper who sat and did nothing for how long is in it that doesn't make sense to me but then um, you have like the Ascension taken out even though they've also not been used you have the Colognes who weren't used taken out so it, it kind of sucks because I definitely, I use The Ascension. And it also sucks, by the way, that Rock and Roll Express, their contract, I guess, was up, their Legends deal thing. Um, and what the hell do we have to do to get Jeff Jarrett in a video game? He wrestled like three or four matches in 2019. How did he not make the cut? And how did Road Dogg not get in? He works for the company. And I don't know, I don't know. They, it's just it's weird that like who they took out like what deals expired I have no idea I um, hope I really don't see us getting any other like new characters from like outside of like gimmicked characters like the the Frankenstroman and stuff from those uh originals packs but we shall see I marked out for the inclusion of all those new people so I'm looking forward to using them. And playing WW2K20 in like two weeks, so that was the show, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you were entertained. Episode 453 again. ProWrestlingTees.com slash Out. You could check us out on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash Out, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, YouTube.com/slash MarkingOut11, Instagram.com/slash MarkingOut11 follow me on Twitter at bttg161 at Chris Sween-Dawg, at Dave the rave underscore mo at marking out markingout.com and I wish you the best of luck in your future endeavors! as if we